Welcome to the Power Pulse podcast series brought to you by Standard Bank. Well, the latest in our series where we have a look at Power Pulse, an innovation that is going to help many South African businesses to get organized in the uh, renewable energy field. I just want to do a little bit of background. In our first episode, we spoke with Rencha Fontonda and Berry de Yaga about an overview of the South African energy equation. Then Dirosh Maharaj told us about Eskom's electricity supply uh, shortfall. And in our most recent podcast uh, with Kevin Semwagerere, uh, he explained how the solar space is getting a lot of traction. Well, today we're going to be taking a deeper dive into solar PVs. And uh, Dirosh Maharaj, who's the Senior Manager for Natural Resources, Power and Sustainable Solutions at Standard Bank Commercial, is back with us. He's also a board member of the Southern African Energy Efficiency Confederation. And joining him today is Ricky Hayser, who's Project Development Director at Clearwatt. That's an advisory service for projects with a focus on uh, the renewable energy space. Dirosh, before we get into the meat and potatoes of our discussion today, I presume you and Ricky, well, uh, you've invited him. <laughs> How do you know each other? So, um, Alec, we've been speaking a lot about Power Pulse over the past few episodes. And in this journey of developing the platform, we've had many partners, as you know. So alongside EPCs, we've had advisory firms work with us, and Ricky from Clearwatt has been instrumental in, in helping us navigate this, uh, this journey. So Clearwatt you know, is essentially uh, on, on the panel uh, of, uh, of partners to assist clients where you know, the needs are slightly more complex, and the PowerPulse solution, which is a very uh, standardized solution, doesn't necessarily meet, you know, the requirements of the client. So that's that's basically where Ricky fits in. What I'm going to do is rather uh, just focus on one at a time, if you guys don't mind. And Dirosh, well, let's kick off with you. Uh, what alternative energy sources are gaining traction now in the whole renewable sector? Obviously, we've we've been talking a bit about solar, but is it dominating, or is gas and wind and maybe other areas also coming in? So, so Alec, you know, there are a lot of um, um, technologies in the market currently. You've got hydro, you've got uh, wind, you've got uh, biogas and biomass solutions um, to a lesser extent. Um, but when you, when you look at the, the path or the trajectory that solar has been on, you know, I was reading recently around, you know, where the journey around solar started. And I think it was around 1965. And it was, you know, technology designed mainly for outer space, you know, for the satellites. And if you were to take the price of one of those panels in today's terms, a 320 watt panel would probably cost you, uh, you know, adjusted for pricing, probably 500,000 rand today if prices remained, remained constant. But we see a very different picture. So, you know, the reason that the technology has survived and progressed so well is because it was a winning concept from the outset. You know, the fact that it was uh, using materials that, that have progressed so well from an efficiency perspective, but also utilizing the power of the sun. Uh, you know, the costs have plummeted. If you just talk about 2009 to 2019, it plummeted more than 90%. So... 
Um, you know, it's it's the strongest contender. I think I mentioned this uh, at some other point in a, in a previous podcast. But when compared to all of the other technologies, it, it's it's the strongest contender at this point in time. So Moore's law is very, very much in, in force here. And I guess the more investment, the more interest uh, that the sector gets, it's, it's a virtuous circle. Exactly that. So it's a, you know, it's a, a, a loop that, you know, that uh, solar PV is, is uh, subjected to where you basically have um, increased demand which improves the pricing, which makes it more competitive in other markets. And, it, you know, it constantly, it's a self-perpetuating loop. So that's, that's the advantage of the technology and where it is in its life cycle currently. Now, the whole idea behind Power Pulse is to bring together businesses who want to get into renewable, have renewable energy and, and wean themselves off a, a total reliance on Eskom and the suppliers. Uh, what factors, though, should businesses put down on their notepad to to decide when they start i.e why should they or should they be uh, considering solar above all else and then and then secondly what are the main points that need to be discussed at that board meeting where this is on the agenda so look we always revert back to you know the three um the three d's so it's the decentralization you know discussion that's one of the global drivers and that we see filtering through to business operations when we look at how businesses decide to to you know uh, to proceed so from that perspective decentralization is a major driver so clients reducing their reliance on centralized forms of energy uh, you know, becoming more self-sufficient, that, that's one of the key things that, uh, that are considered. From an ESG perspective, uh, you know, you have, um, you know, the, the social and, um, you know, the environmental social governance component that needs to be considered, especially if you're a business that operates in the, you know, in the global arena of import and export, and then the digitization component uh, to a lesser. So from a global perspective, that those are key considerations that come up generally in those discussions. But then, you know, operationally, the, the cost of power is just something that you cannot ignore. You know, it's a huge uh, driver uh, on, at, at an OPEX level. And, uh, you know, with the increasing prices uh, of, of grid power currently, um, the renewable energy uh, solutions or alternative energy solutions can't be ignored. So, you know, if you want to drive greater efficiency and, and, and improve your bottom line, that's one of the low-hanging fruit that, uh, you know, that would automatically come into focus uh, in any boardroom discussion when it comes to this. Ricky, if we can bring you in uh, here, when you, when you start talking to a business, what factors do you you begin with what what do you put down on that piece of paper i think for us the most important thing is what's the client's core business you know um and what's critical to you you know uh, clients have different reasons for approaching energy projects you know um some is power security um and that sometimes seems like a, a easy choice for him until he sees the price tag um other times it's really sustainability, you know, so we have customers where um, electric cost monthly is 5% of cost of sales, which it really becomes a socio-economical decision. 
then you've got customers that you've got at 35, 40% of their cost of business, you know, and then it really becomes a strategic decision. And the decision is really around how do we keep critical equipment alive? And secondly, then how do we actually pull a line in the sand as far as the portion of energy that we can actually know what it's going to cost us over the next 25 years, you know, rather than being exposed to 100% of the energy fluctuation, only exposed to, let's say, 40 or 50%. And what about consumption needs? In other words, do do businesses have to make projections on their likely growth? Uh, I don't think necessary. Most of the, specifically the manufacturers in South Africa um, are quite standard, you know. So the as blueprint as, as how they use the electricity and it stays that side, you know, and it's very conservative. The trouble starts when there's expansions, you know, when clients expand and they don't have access to the energy they need. And that's where we find probably, I would say, 70% of our work. A client is extending his production. Um, He's requesting from the municipality or whatever the extension in power, and it's not there in time, you know. And that becomes the interesting cases, you know. How do you actually project that? And we use a lot of uh, historical business cases to actually get some data around that to do a good projection. Is that what's happening nowadays, Ricky, when a business expands, where it, it's going to go into a new project, that immediately one of the key criteria is where's the energy going to come from? And then hence uh, having a look at something like Power Pulse or at, at Solar Solutions. It's more critical than you would think. Um, what we find is um, we're currently busy with two mines, for example. Both expansion needs can't be done with the current infrastructure in the area. So the client has to then carry the bill for the infrastructure for the whole area to be able to expand himself, you know. Um, so we've got two cases in mines like that currently. And we've just finished also a big abattoir where the client the same thing. You know, he expanded with the presumption that the municipality is going to expand. And when he was done, the municipality wasn't ready, you know. So he had to put an emergency plan in place. So it's a reality that you see daily. Mm. I guess that's part of the challenge of, uh, of an environment that we're in right now, where in the past it was easy because Eskom was meeting all the demand, now not so easy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're finding there's certain other barriers that is not just about demand, but also just infrastructure that simply can't carry the, the, the extra loads, you know. How, how do you know, though, or how will the company know that they're getting the correct solution? And, and PowerPulse is a fantastic product. It does bring people together. But how can they be sure, again, getting back to that boardroom, that uh, they are getting exactly what is required? You, you must firstly understand that the, the level of entry to solar is a, is a bucky and a credit card to, to the Chinese mall, you know, and that makes it a very dangerous piece of equipment. You know, I think what... PowerPulse have done is formalized a very mature process that gives the client exact insight into that. It's actually a guaranteed process, if I can call it that way. So, so normally, you know, the client would have had to be an energy specialist, you know, to be able to make a decision if he's getting the right deal. And where PowerPulse is actually coming in and having a look over his shoulder and saying, well, you know, your need is really not met or your need is not understood correctly, you know. And that's where the biggest power of it comes in. What about costs after installation? I think that is very important to understand, you know, um, because ultimately the, the guy that's installing it, he's, he's making his money up front, you know. And second thing to understand that it's not the client's core business, you know, you know, especially if you're in a factory type of environment. 
So it's cr crucial that the equipment that, that the client select is, is what we call tier one, you know, where it's, it's crucial. So you ensure that the guys are still in business five years from now. And secondly, you know, how do you actually monitor and make sure that the system is operating? You know, what you don't want is a situation that you get to a yearly reconsolidation of your budgets and then you realize it's actually cost you more than the year before and there's faults in the system. So you really need to make sure that the OM is in place with the relevant algorithms to support you to tell you there's something wrong, you know. And the financing considerations, particularly when you're talking about some of the projects you've mentioned to us, a big abattoir or a mine expansion? Look, I think um, end of the day, through a product like Power Pulse, there's very little clients that can't afford it. You know, I mean, even Megaflex clients, it brings a lot of value to, you know. The, the issue is around South Africans have very short memories, you know, and um, the moment... <laughs> The problem is gone. They think the problem is gone, but the problem is just not there right now, you know. So from, from that perspective, my view is the access to money is easy enough for, for the correct clients to do it. It's the willingness and decision for them to do it where the problem normally lies, you know. Um, and um, Power Pulse and OS can only go that far to tell the client it's the right decision to make. You know, end of the day, it's still his decision. And it's a tougher decision than what you think, you know. And typically the payback period, because that will clearly give the company a, a better guide on whether to make that decision today or not. Yeah, we, we're finding most of the paybacks, anything from where it's a funded solution from two to five years, um, nothing really more than five years. Interesting enough, if you apply the 12B tax concession, um, most of the clients is one to two years. We have had clients that's seven month payback, you know. So, you know, it, it's really worthwhile. Kind of a no-brainer. Dirosh, just from your side, let's just say that you, you put in a plant which is uh, going to take care of your needs way into the future. So you'd have excess uh, immediate electricity that's being generated by your, your solar panels. Uh, can you sell it back into the grid here in South Africa? So that's a, you know, it's it's a bit of a mixed bag. So there are certain municipalities and look, ESCOM certainly has the banking arrangement where, you know, on a 12 month cycle, you can almost use the grid as, uh, as, as your, as your battery and, and, you know, store excess energy that you're using on the grid and, and draw it out when you need it. Um, certain municipalities have subscribed to, you know, the SSEG and, renewable energy feed-in tariff, uh, you know, protocols, and you may be able to, particularly in certain areas like the Western Cape. And, uh, you know, I know city of Johannesburg is looking at it, Tequeni in, in KZN, but um, it really depends on the municipality or the utility that you link to. Uh, many of them are not able to, to facilitate uh, any purchasing of power fed back into the grid. So that isn't part of the whole um, payback period. But down the line, uh, is it likely that this will become something that would have at least some potential? So, look, we have, you know, we, we're seeing the correct indicators and the correct signals from government when it comes to legislation and it comes to how, you know, it's being uh, opened up to accommodate an environment and to, to basically encourage an environment like that. So looking into the future, I have no doubt that that would become, you know, when we look at the complete value chain and we look at where utilities, ESCOM 
and uh, you know all of the stakeholders in that value chain play uh, it's something that's going to be essential in my opinion we also know that tariffs vary around the country is there a particular tariff that you can look at uh, where your break even would be i.e in cape town if it's a little cheaper for your electricity uh, because their city charges less than say uh, etiquini so uh, it really there, there isn't a standard tariff there is obviously a standard i think the national uh, average blended tariff consumption tariff that a client pays in south africa is about 2 rand 11 inclusive of that but uh, it really depends on where you are because there are different tariff structures across the country what's important to understand when you're factoring in or looking at tariffs is to understand the escalations to look at historically what we've incurred as an escalation and you know uh, take that into account when doing an assessment because those escalations are likely to remain the same or get worse so you know as at the bank we model on 11% uh, in the first year and 8% thereafter but that's for purposes of being you know conservative we know that uh, you know it's been close to 15% uh, annually over the past 10 years so so that that just accelerates or exaggerates the case for uh, yes. going into this uh, into uh, renewables but but how does power pulse save money for those people who get involved in particularly your clients so so with reference to earlier points you know what power pulse does is it basically um i think you know when you talk about money time and money in many ways are interchangeable right so the biggest uh, hurdle it gets clients over is ensuring that uh, you know it saves them time because it can be a very time consuming process you know when we speak to clients that are not in the energy field and that's not core to their business um you know they and and you know if they decide to be thorough about it which is highly advisable it could take them 6 to 8 months to get to a solution and in that sense you know that 6 to 8 months of savings that's lost right with power pulse it basically uh, cuts through the fog and gets a client to that correct solution as quickly as possible but it also ensures that the partners that you're dealing with are able to provide systems of a suitable quality and that are competitive and and market related from a pricing perspective and in that respect i think you know the efficiency that power pulse brings as a facilitation arm or a marketplace for these transactions will in 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 the medium term improve that uh, efficiency as well the pricing efficiency around systems and there are, there are various parties involved on the platform on power pulse uh, how do you when you built it when you structured it how do you ensure that everybody succeeds so it's really about understanding what our role is and you know what the roles of each of the parties are uh that uh, that are part of this um marketplace and you know it's essentially bringing focus to each participant and understanding what they do best and allowing them to thrive in that environment so as a facilitation arm you know the banks uh, launched this platform which is power pulse and it's it's literally there to do that we're not looking to step into the shoes of the epc or the advisors that's the area of expertise but we creating an environment where there are credible buyers and credible suppliers 
And, you know, there's a, there's a hand-holding process to ensure that those that don't understand the environment are guided through it to the correct solution. So that's the environment we've created. And I think it's a, it's a fertile environment for any partner or business that's party to this journey to thrive in. And the business case for the bank is obviously to finance the projects. Yeah, so there is, uh, you know, the traditional bank still sits in the background and, you know, if there's a funding requirement, it can be met because we do have bespoke funding solutions for these, uh, for these systems. PowerPulse by Standard Bank is an end-to-end online solution built to match businesses with trusted suppliers and deliver the right technical, legal, and funding solutions. For more details, email us at powerpulse at standardbank.co.za.